Hello and welcome to the Idaho Reports podcast for August 10th, 2022. I'm Melissa Davlin. This week, the Annie E. Casey Foundation released its annual Kids Count Report. Here to discuss what the report says about Idaho youth is Christine Tiddens, director for Idaho Voices for Children. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Uh, For those who aren't familiar, what is the Kids Count Report? Thanks for having me, Melissa. So the Kids Count data book uh, is an annual 50 state report that looks at recent household data. It then um, presents the data by looking at multiple multi-year trends as well as comparing states and ranking them. Um, Our hope is that people are able to use the data book to increase their understanding of the current issues at hand and that lawmakers can use it as a resource to help inform their policy priorities. The information is split out into four major categories, economic well-being, education, health, and family and community. How does the Annie E. Casey Foundation tabulate this data? Yep, you're correct. So we have four um, domains that we receive state rankings for, and each of those domains are uh, include different indicators, and those indicators capture what children need most to thrive. Um, When looking at data this year, um, we were able to pull five-year estimates um, going back um, as well as comparing to a decade ago. What were the highlights from this year's report? So overall, um, Idaho is coming away looking pretty good compared um, to other states across the country. This year's report gave Idaho an overall national child well-being ranking of 18. So that means that we ranked in the top half of states on the index when looking at those data domains that you mentioned. Um, And digging deeper a little bit more, we look at um, various indicators from year to year. And this year we saw improvements on 11 of 16 indicators. Uh, I really believe that these positive shifts show that what we do as child welfare advocates, community partners, and leaders matter. Uh, we know what it takes to raise healthy, thriving children. I was I was taking a closer look at the data, and you say that Idaho improved in 11 of the 16 indicators. In many of the indicators where we didn't improve, for most of them, they were very marginal very, very small differences too. And what might, eighth graders not being proficient in math is one example. We went from 62% to 63%. You know, so I, I guess I'm wondering, were, were there any factors that stood out that while most things stayed the same, were, were there any factors that were particularly worse? Yes, you are correct. Um, Idaho really hit kind of status quo and has been maintaining consistency when it comes to things like education, family and community, um, and um, some economic well-being, where we're seeing really concerning trends and something that we're highlighting coming out of this data book is youth mental health. And really, this is not just in Idaho, but across the nation. During the pandemic, teens reported significant spikes in mental health struggles, and so much so that the U.S. Surgeon General is calling what we're in right now a mental health pandemic for youth. Can we talk a little bit more about that? Was Idaho's um, drop in mental health indicators, was it particularly worse than what we saw nationwide, or does it track with what we saw elsewhere? 
on different indicators um, show different statistics. We are slightly worse than the national trends. What we're seeing in Idaho is about 13% of Idaho children are reporting symptoms of anxiety or depression. That's a 10% increase from before the pandemic. Um, when we dive in a little bit more and some of the other indicators that are concerning, uh, for example, one in 10 high schoolers attempted suicide in 2020. And do we know yet if there are racial disparities in Idaho's data and, and the mental health effects that we saw? What we're able to look at um, is data leading up to uh, the pandemic and COVID and racial and ethnic disparities uh, were a huge factor um, and were pretty significant. For example, in 2019, about 13% of Latino students attempted suicide compared to 8% of white students. Yeah, and those are um, you know, alarming, obviously, for parents and educators in the community as a whole. Um, there were some good parts of this report, as you note. Um, one of them, the teen birth rate dropped to a record low in 2020. Um, and has decreased more than 50% since 2010. What were the factors in that? Um, so we're talking now about the domain that we call family and community, and you're correct, Idaho's trends in family and community are very encouraging. We increased across the board, and we actually ranked top 10 in the nation on the index. Uh, the teen birth weight did improve um, and dropped to a record low. So we saw a 55% decrease since 2010. This is really significant because becoming a parent as a teen really presents all types of challenges to being a caregiver on top of managing one's own ongoing growth and development and transition into adulthood. Yeah, so the four indicators in family and community all improved, as did all four indicators in economic well-being. Children in poverty, children whose parents lack secure employment, uh, living in households with a high housing cost burden. That in particular is stood out to me considering the housing problems that we've seen in the past couple of years. This data is from 2020. Any indication whether or not that might change in coming years? Yep, you are hitting nail on the head. So the data we're looking at is from 2020, so it's not reflective of the last two years where we know Idaho had some of the highest increasing rental and housing costs across the nation. Um, we also, just in the last year, have seen significant increases in inflation, rising gas prices, um, et cetera. So yes, we've had um, declining poverty numbers over the last decade. Uh, for example, Idaho's child poverty rate declined by almost a quarter, but what we are doing is looking a little deeper. Um, these declines don't automatically mean that children are necessarily thriving or doing better. Um, one example, we had a recent report come out um, that showed in Idaho, the rent for a two-bedroom apartment increased by nearly 22% just last year. So we're catching up on some data um, and we're anxious to dive into this area a little more. Uh, going on to the health category, children without health insurance is another place where Idaho saw a huge drop in percentage going from 11% about 10 years ago to just 5%. Uh, what were the factors in that? 
Uh, I think this is something Idaho can celebrate and be proud of, the decrease in uninsured children. This has been a top priority for us at Idaho Voices for Children. Um, we still have a goal of um, ensuring every single child has health coverage. Um, and you are correct, uh, we have seen a decrease of um, over 50% of uninsured rates for children over the last decade. Uh, a lot of this can be contributed to um, the Medicaid expansion um, that went into effect in uh, early 2020. We know that as parents um, get health insurance coverage, their children are also more likely to get health insurance coverage. And then also quite a few of the protections um, that we received from the federal government um, because of the pandemic are helping keep our health insurance rates high and steady. That was the only indicator in the health category in which Idaho improved. The other three, low birth weight babies, children and teen deaths per 100,000 people and children and teens who are overweight or obese. Um, all of those, unfortunately, got worse. Um, I, I wanted to ask particularly about the, the child and teen deaths per 100,000 people. I know nationwide, um, for the first time in the history of the data book, firearm-related fatalities were the leading cause of death for children ages 1 to 19 years old. I, I, I wanted to get into that a little bit further. Is that because more children and teens died by far firearms or because other leading causes of death, like car accidents, for example, dropped significantly? That's a great question. It's a combination of both, as well as uh, those are nationwide trends. When we look in Idaho, um, our teen death rates are increasing actually more due to teen suicide rates um, than anything else. Um, and again, this is pre-pandemic numbers. Um, and so it'll be interesting as we go forward um, to see how Idaho addresses some of these red flags. And another red flag in the health indicator was you know, children and teens who are overweight or obese, um, going from 24% to 29% in 2020. Um, any idea what the indicators, or sorry, what the factors are in that? This actually um, circles back around to children's mental health and well-being. Again, um, our biggest concern coming out of this data book was the increases in mental health struggles. And when teens and youth struggle with mental health, it's also associated with poor health indicators, including being overweight and obese. It's also no surprise coming you know, out of several years of the pandemic um, that uh, we've been in isolation. A lot of sporting events um, have been canceled, libraries have closed. And so I think we are going to have to um, think proactively of how to invest in the health of teens and talk about this openly as a community moving forward. Yeah. On that note, what are the policy recommendations from Idaho Voices for Children? So we're most concerned about Idaho's mental health crisis, as I keep mentioning. There has been very little progress over the last decade to improve children's mental health. Um, and we do aim to change this with a set of pretty robust policy recommendations. Um, to simplify it, we um, can break it down into two main areas. So one, we have to start prioritizing just kids' basic needs in Idaho. Um, we know that kids who grow up in poverty are two to three times more likely to develop mental health conditions. 
And so we're calling online lawmakers to look at things such as the housing crisis and the child lack of child care uh, and to ensure that rent assistance is accessible for family in needs and that working parents continue to have access to safe and high quality child care. The, the second area um, is we do want to make sure that every child has access to mental health coverage. That means insuring every child. Yes, our uninsured rates are decreasing. We want it to be down to zero. Um, and to do this, we need to take a look at things like Medicaid eligibility factors to ensure that income limits are really reflecting our growing economic needs. For example, today, Idaho's income eligibility for children on Medicaid ranks second to last in the nation. I think um, we can change this, and with another year of robust budget surpluses, our state has the economic power to really make some significant investments in the health of our next generation. All right, Christine Tiddens, Director for Idaho Voices for Children, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Presentation of Idaho Reports on Idaho Public Television is made possible through the generous support of the Laura Moore Cunningham Foundation, committed to fulfilling the Moore and Bettis family legacy of building the great state of Idaho. By the Friends of Idaho Public Television and by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Hi, I'm Marcia Franklin, the producer and host of Dialogue. For more than 25 years, we've been bringing you conversations that matter. More than 150 of those conversations are with writers, and now you can take them with you wherever you go, while you're walking, around the house, or in the car. Just search for Dialogue with Marsha Franklin on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms, and remember to subscribe so that new shows download automatically. Enjoy.